Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. This episode is part of a longer interview I conducted with Jamak Degani, who's the founder of the Data Mesh Concept and is sponsored by her, her company, her startup, Next Data. The goal of these conversations is to dig deeper into specific topics rather than skimming the surface and really discuss Schmack's view of the now and the future of Data Mesh. What is possible now? What can we do to set ourselves up for success in the, in the future? And what is our ideal picture in that future once we have the ways of working and the tooling more figured out? Hopefully, you get some great insights as well as seeing the other side of the funny and wonderful person behind the Data Mesh paradigm. Please do follow Jamak as well for more interesting insights to keep an eye out on what she is working on. I think you'll be very interested and exciting. Now, up next, I'll give a bit of my summary of the episode, so you might focus on a few of the nuanced points that Jamak makes. Sometimes she says some things that are kind of like a picture, right? Worth a thousand words in and of themselves, even when she says one sentence. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and hear some fun music, and then we'll get into that summary. Max Corner number 12. Your data is not a cake. The dangers of layers. So this is the final part of a long-form conversation I had with Jamak, where we wrap up on where are her concerns around the pipeline model and you know this kind of new trend of constantly layering upon layers in data, you know, the semantics layer, the metrics layer, all these different things. It's kind of like creating a permanent mark in the middle of a river, right? The, the information is flowing. And when you kind of create this picture or this thing of this is the way it exactly should look, things are changing and evolving. And it just, it becomes immediately out of date. So how can we make this easier instead of adding additional layers? When people say adding another layer, that is usually another layer of complexity. So how do we get away from that complexity? Shouldn't we take that that concept of another layer being additional complexity? Shouldn't we take that as a hint and rethink that instead of just layering on top of, of things more and more, that we should really kind of go back to the basics and think about that? So with that, I'm going to turn it over to the uh, much bigger expertise <laughs> that is uh, Jamak. Okay, with that shortest summary of the episode done, let's go ahead and get to actually hearing from the woman herself, Shmak Degani. How long does it take for a 
vanilla developer to make a, you know, to, to have a mutation toward this role, a data product developer? Do they need to have five years of experience in as a novice, as, as someone new to the, to the field to even be able to be productive? What is the investment to move people from a developer to a data product developer? What's that leap? And if it's not after one project, you know, I can become quite proficient. I can still apply. I, I don't have to disregard and ignore everything I learned as a software developer. I don't have to throw all that away. Uh, I can actually use that because it's I can see it applied everywhere here. Uh, and in addition to that, of course, I have to learn some new things around classifying data as the first you know class concern um so yeah so there is some learning but what is the function going from that to this new from from a generalist developer to this new role uh, and you're right that and and that should be minimized in terms of time and effort right it should be feasible for people move across these boundaries and I would say, you know, we have this, I, I agree that this notion of full stack developer is, is, I don't know, is overloaded or probably oversold. And we do have like an application developer, you have your mobile developers, maybe you have your distributed system, kind of low level infrastructure developers, you've got your app developers, web developers, like you got all these general, like different, different roles, but um, they all understand a similar set of tool sets, similar practices, they have similar values. There's just so much common knowledge and expertise that can be shared from when you go from one of these roles to the other. You don't have to completely shift to this new universe. And unfortunately, data and operational world, there are two very separate universes. Of course, you're still coding, like you're writing Scala code for your data processing, if you're a data engineer. So there's a lot of that, but the practices and paradigms around which you, um, you know, you you prioritize what's what looks good, what good looks like, are very different. It sounds it sounds like essentially what you're saying is the ways of working and the context and all that stuff. It's it, if somebody just learns how to do the right thing with data, we should take care of the other aspect, right? They they need to learn how to do, but you need that with if somebody's moving from front end to back end or from, you know, if they're doing anything ML related or things like that, that we need to make it so that there is more of just a common approach and a common set of practices because we found good ways to do that on the operational side and we can leverage those for data, but that that isn't happening right now for the the tooling and the tooling is actually becoming even more hyper specialized and hyper fractured and and that it's these little little things that everybody's kind of focusing on all these little things and so somebody coming in that doesn't know how to do this has to say okay I have to learn how to operate these 15 different tools and the 15 different interfaces and the approaches and then I have to create the glue you don't even provide me the glue I have to go and figure out how to make glue and then glue them together and so we're just not we're not making it something that's possible for these developers right now 
Yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree that um, it's actually hard to do the right thing because overarching paradigm governing the, the processes is just fundamentally broken. Well, let's look at an example, right? An example of businesses, very successful businesses and vendors that have come to exist to build band-aids. Band-aids for special connectors that extract data from all of these disparate systems, right? So we've got actual billion, multi-billion dollar businesses built around connector business, right? Connector band-aids. In the world of app developers and operational systems, we have these massively distributed kind of systems across boundaries of organizations, right? You have APIs from Square and Twilio and Salesforce and all of that, and you don't need these insist, you know, integrator, these band-aid creators, because there we have agreed upon that sharing capabilities based on, you know, basic standards of APIs and how we do authentication, how we do authorization, what does good API look like? Like we all as an industry agreed upon those with the data systems is hack upon hack upon hack. So, so it's really hard to actually do the right thing. The systems don't, and the, and the paradigm doesn't doesn't help you. And that's, I think that's that's what we want to bring, right? That's, those are great learnings in the software engineering that we want to bring to data. And the data mesh is just one one way of doing that. And, and kind of wrapping up as we're coming up on time, we, does the semantic meaning of the data, when we think on the operational plane, it is more the ones and zeros. You're not embedding kind of the the bitemporality, the like what actually happened. It's not as much about like what changed. It's like here was the actual literal change in the CDC or something like that versus the the semantic meaning. And so when you think about the kind of OSI model, going back to that, there's the actual communication mechanisms of layers one through three of like putting it onto the actual wire, you know, with the Phi and the Mac. And does semantic meaning make that harder? Does it make it impossible? Or is it that we kind of just have to reimagine how we do this? And it is possible, but we just haven't done it. And there's kind of forces that are keeping us from it, but we can work together to get there. Like, it, it, how do you view that? Yeah, so I think um, working at the, getting the, like, I love the OSI matter. So let's just build on the, you know, the, the analogy that you use. When you are an app developer, right, you're not working and you don't even need to know about the, I don't know, the Ethernet layer and the kind of, the, TC, the IP layer and the TCP layer and so on and so on. You're working at the app layer, right? You may, you perhaps, you know, you know a bit of HTTP if you're over HTTP, but you're working at the protocols built for an application. And when you go from one node to another node, peer to peer, the other node is also working at that app layer. You, you're articulate working at that layer. So I think, what we want to get to with each data product communicating with each other and sharing data is that they are all working at the product data product kind of semantic layer, a, a language that describes the data richly and it describes it in a machine and human understandable way. It articulates relationships without tight coupling, all these wonderful kind of notions that can build into that language. Um, 
So, so I, I say yes, we want to get to a high order, loosely coupled um, representation of the data at the data product layer, at the, at, the, at the layer that we're processing data without really getting bogged down to, oh, was this serialized as parquet or was it serialized as whatever? And what is the storage under it? I think that's just should be irrelevant. And once you make that irrelevant, then that move towards generalization and the light of its simple, you know, kind of a vanilla developer becomes more of a reality. What I, at the same time, what I see happening right now, which is very dangerous, this whole layering of semantic of on top of a, a, a notion of a story. So what is happening right now when we say semantic, what do we actually mean? We mean that data at the point of creation was created based on this description of a storage, based on this description of a serialization. And much, much, much later, after this was created, after this was stored, somebody else beyond the creator comes and layer now, tries to get meaning out of it and create a semantic layer on top. And that is, to me, very dangerous because that semantic layer, the moment you created it, it's out of date. So the same way that if an app developer is writing a message, it, it defines this object model as sem semantically and then it goes through layers of serialization and packeting and multiplexing and demultiplexing and then coming back up the other app, like th those layers, like the origin from the point of origin to the point of rece reception and use, they both speak the same language and they created that structure based semantically. As opposed to, oh, the app on the, the developer on the producer side actually wrote the encoded in TCP packets. And then on the other end, it, this person tries to now, I don't know, emulate it <laughs> semantic on top of it, right, on the receiver side. So uh, so that inconsistency that there is a, um, that asymmetry between the producer and consumer and layering more on the consumer side is, uh, is actually a flawed approach, in my opinion, again. Uh, and, I, and I get worried every time we use the, the language of semantic layer if we don't think about it symmetrically, both from the producer and, and the consumer, consumer, if, if it made sense at all. What I said, I used a lot of pitch, you know, kind of drawings in the air with my fingers. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a great uh, way to kind of sum it up as well of like, we need to, to move past so many different paradigms, but this also doesn't have to be, at the end of the day, it's going to be difficult to get there, but it doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be so complicated. And we're removing the complexity instead of adding additional complexities to, to drive towards value. It's, it's stripping away. It's stripping away. You know, Love that. You've put on, you've got this great old furniture. You've put all these layers of paint on it. You want to strip away to get to that really beautiful underlying value, that underlying furniture, and, and we need to, to head in that direction. I love it. I love it. I mean, a lot of current uh, manifestation of data mesh are just about adding another layer on top of whatever we're doing, whether it's your data warehouse that now added a layer of mesh or whether it's your query engine added a layer of mesh, just layering on top of a fundamentally you know, kind of broken uh, paradigm that we have to fix. And I, yeah, I love to see we get rid of things, right? We, we simplify and um, yet be able to get value at scale. Well, as always, thank you so much for your time, Jamak. Thank you, Scott.
So thanks again to Jamak. As a reminder, please check out her startup, Next Data. There's more information about it in the show notes. They're doing some pretty amazing things. She's hiring lots of folks looking to partner with others and just kind of check it out. As for me, please do follow up with me as well. I'm pretty easy to find. I'd love to chat data mesh or anything kind of in the data realm. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information, some useful resources and things as well. And Jamak and I both wish you an excellent rest of your day. Now with that, let's cue that inspiring outro music.